No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It's Wednesday night, and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand, no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here on Dealer. To get crazy up in this biatch, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. I hope you had a lovely day because I certainly did. As always, so much to get through, so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me just how insane you are, uh, crazy chicks go straight to the front of the queue, by the way. That's just how I roll. Sorry. <laughs> Got to keep it interesting. Otherwise, I get bored very quickly. Follow me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we knew it would come to this, didn't we? We knew that eventually Western civilization would find itself in this place. There is timeless wisdom in a quote. I believe it's a Voltaire quote, and I probably should have looked it up just to make sure, but I'm pretty sure it's a Voltaire quote. The uh, the great you know political philosopher of the Enlightenment age who said, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. And right now, <laughs> you know, we often talk about this, this, uh, this concept that we are on a, a shrinking island that's being slowly eroded by the crashing waves of insanity. And, you know, us, the sane, rational people are on this island kind of all huddled together in the dark, clamouring for safety, just watching as people fall off the cliff one by one by one by one by one until there's, I don't think there's going to be any of us left. I think maybe the, you know, the tidal wave of insanity will just crash over the top of the island and wash us all out to the ocean lost to you know lost to history doomed to forever bob around in the ocean of insanity like a, a cork from a wine bottle you know what i mean and i think that will be our future that will be our fate sounds rosy doesn't it <laughs> sounds good you know people tell me i'm too positive but that's where i see we're headed <clears throat> and some of the items i have for you tonight should illustrate that adequately i think so Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Before we get into any of that, though, I do have to do a little bit of housekeeping, and I want to give a little bit of a plug, a little bit of a shout-out. It's Everybody knows how difficult it is to start, like, a new social media platform. You're not only dealing with, like, logistical costs and stuff like servers and you know, renting space and just trying to get, you know, people to use your site. But there's also like the building and that kind of thing. You have to deal with uh, people not letting your apps go on app stores. 
You have to deal with banks taking your taking your money, you know, your line of credit away from you. It's insane. So it's very difficult, very, very difficult to get started. But I want to give a shout out to the guys at Pure Social Network because like this is the site here. They've they've done a really good job. It's really clean. It's nice. I think it's it's more like a Facebooky kind of site, not so much a Twitter site. But not that long ago, uh, they invited me to live stream on their site. And here's a, I mean, it looks good. Everything's clean. Everything's functional. So, of course, like I was like, yeah, of course, I'd, I'd love to live stream on the site. <clears throat> I've been speaking with uh, one of the developers. They really are committed to trying to do something. It's very easy to say, you know, oh, what's the fucking point? There's no point to all of this. But I'm I'm always happy to, like, support anybody who's trying to add competition to the space. You know what I mean? Any Any effort that's being made out there is a lot harder and it's very hard to get off the ground. So if you want to like, you know, help somebody out, help people out who are at least committed to free expression and all of those kinds of things. Pure social network. Winning TV with the diamond. Thank you, Winning TV. DLive.tv slash Winning TV. Hero Boogers and His Royal Majesty. It's a, it's actually His Royal Highness. That's my preferred pronoun. Uh, we save the majesty for the queen. I'm His Royal Highness. She's Her Royal Majesty. But that's okay. That's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. Winning TV with a diamond. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. So puresocialnetwork.com. They do, they do a great job. And like I said, it's really tough for new platforms starting out to try and get, try and elbow into the space, you know what I mean? Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the Diamond, yay for boogie growth and expansion. <laughs> I always, I'm always of the opinion that expansion for me is like rather limited <laughs> because people from one minute to the next don't know what kind of a show it is, but hey, fuck them. We're having fun. And like I said, the live streaming site, it works well. It's like it, it's probably the easiest experience I've had with with you know getting signed up and getting an account rolling on a new site. And like I said, the developers are very good. They'll reach out. You can reach out to them. They'll answer your queries. And I haven't been on Facebook. You know, like I said, it's very clean. People write articles on there. There's blogs. People upload videos and shit. And it's just getting started. It's just in its infancy. So I just thought a little bit of a plug. Help a brother out. And, you know, if you want to get your handle, if you've got your Twitter handle or your parlor handle or whatever it is, and you want to reserve it on another platform, then by all means, your social network. Winning TV with a diamond. They got pills for that, so I heard. <laughs> Don't worry. We got we got crazy time coming around. We got crazy time. Uh, I do want to I do want to address something in the chat. A couple of people have said, uh, Nightwave Radio, you know, everybody's favorite lover of French women, Mersh, and we love Mersh here on the show. Nightwave Radio is covering the Cartnarks now, <laughs> and this aggression will not stand for the citizens of Boogie Stead. We have to address this. We have to address this. Because, because rarely do I ever get to watch Nightwave live. I usually watch it like when I'm at work. So I was watching it last night, and Mersh started covering the Cartnarks. Now, <laughs> now I got it. I'm in a, a couple of DM groups with like other streamers and stuff. You know them. I'm not going to name them, but you know them. They're around. And I said, well, I was just <laughs> cabaret. It's an act of war. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I got in touch with the other streamers and I said, I'm just watching the Nightwave replay and Mersh is covering Cartnarks. This makes me both happy and sad. 
I'm happy because it's a great channel with an important message. It's a message that needs to get out there. And Mersh has a very big platform. You know, Nightwave is a far bigger show than this. And so if we can get the message of Kartnarkery out there to more people, that's a net positive. But it makes me sad because next time I cover the Kartnarks, there's bound to be some fucking knuckle-dragging rock ape moron who comes into the chat and says, um, you're ripping off Nightwave. <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, Royce needs to see see the Cartnarks, the Cartnarks have been filtered up the chain. And Royce has become he's been reformed now, thanks to the eminent wisdom of one Thomas Murphy, who shamed him publicly, and rightly so. And we covered that here on the show. And now Mersh is covering the Cartnarks as well. Now <laughs> Mersh is covering, it's fine. There's a lot of internet to go around for everybody. But as you know, the Cardnarks here, it's it's part of our religion here on this show. You know, the card, the the painted lines of the parking lot are actually on the boogie stand flag. So it's it's always going to be a part of us. But let's be honest here. Is Mersh really about the life? Like... Does Mersh really believe in the message? Or is he just a fucking tourist? <laughs> See, I'm not upset. I want the Cartnarks out there. But can we really trust somebody who throws garbage out of their out of the window of their moving car? Can we really trust them to put the cart back? I don't know. It's an open question. Jim N-word in the chat. No, he's a fucking poser. <laughs> But you've got to start somewhere. You've got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> Kitty B in the chat. <laughs> From the back of the room, Kitty B puts her hand up, says, oh, to be fair, someone sent him the Cartnarks video, so I wonder who that was. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Of course it's all good. What, am, what, what do I care what somebody else does on their show? I don't care. <laughs> but you've got to start somewhere. And, you know, at the moment... I think Mersh strikes me as the kind of guy who, if he was confronted by a Cartnark, and like I said, we're big fans of Mersh on the show. She says it wasn't her. Okay, We're big fans of Mersh on the show. I, Mersh strikes me as the kind of guy, even though we're fans of him, if he was confronted by a Cartnark, I believe he would say to the Cartnark, yeah, yeah, I'll take my cart back. And then as soon as the Cartnark's, Cartnark's back is turned, he would just like push it away and walk away. Because we all know, Mersh is a master at avoiding the authorities. <laughs> so he'll say whatever he has to say. He'll do whatever he has to do to get out of a tight spot. Is Mersh the kind of guy who would take his cart back in like monsoon conditions just because it's the right thing to do? I don't think so. But you've got to start somewhere. And covering the cart narcs is always the first step. So I have faith in him. I believe in him. You know, so many thousands of people say that he's a horrible person, but I don't, I don't agree with them. I believe in him. I believe he has a heart and I believe he'll do the right thing. Ben K. Veritas with a diamond. Who will compose the Cartnarks ethics purity test? Well, that, that job falls on winning TV. Ben K. Veritas, who will be, he's the head of Cartnarkery in the great nation of Boogie Stan. So, 
like I said, there's plenty of internet to go around for everyone. But I am, just mark this day in your calendar today. Like, mark this down in your diary. Because next time I cover the carton arcs, I don't know when it's going to be, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month, who knows. But next time I cover it, just watch for that first person in the chat who accuses us of ripping off Nightwave. And then we will all be allowed, we will all be able to point and laugh at that person. <laughs> we knew you'd be here. We knew you'd come. But really, you know, what we believe in the nation of Boogie Stan, it's the message that's important. We believe in the message, not who gives it. Frozen Asian with a diamond. DLive.tv slash Sunday Night Shit Show. I like Mersh, but you are giving him too much slack. Well, you know, we advocate here, we advocate here, you know, the olive branch, don't we? When so many people were attacking Royce Lopez over his, uh, you know, disgusting, depraved, debauched, debased, you know, lack of humanity in regards to returning his cart. You know, so many people were prepared to take out the whip and give him six lashings, six of the best. But on this show, we advocated no. We don't humiliate, we educate. You, you, you give the olive branch. You give people a chance. You say, we don't want to attack you. We want you to come to us. We want you to be part of the winning team. We want you to be a better person. It's about, it's about growth and it's about evolution. About personal growth. That's it's what we're all about here on the show. So you know, we'll never we'll never turn the guns on somebody who is willing to learn about you know how to be a better person and stop being a lazy bones. Jim Edward, I advocated humiliation. I was okay with. I said two weeks of humiliation. Just a hard two-week window where we can humiliate the debauched, depraved, debased, disingenuous, disgusting, anti-social cart behaviour. But then after the two weeks, you, you mock first and then you bring them to your bosom. Then you pat them on the head and say, shh, shh, shh it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. I know, I know you're feeling bad right now. But together we can grow and make this world a better place, one parking lot at a time. So, that's where we're at. All right. <laughs> I hope I address that adequately. <laughs> Let's get into it. I hope you're ready to get crazy up in this bitch. The assault on your senses is now coming tenfold, ladies and gentlemen. Let's start with this, a tweet that a few people were sharing around earlier today. The AP Style Book. For those who aren't aware, the AP is the Associated Press. Thank, Thank you for coming. coming. I'll, I'll see you in hell. The AP is the Associated Press, and it's the source that a lot of people today who call themselves journalists, really, they aren't really journalists anymore. There are very few actual journalists. You'll find more journalists on, like, independent blogs, people who are willing to, like, dig deeper, People who are willing to, you know, call up sources, verify sources, you know, get three independent verifications before you run with any particular quote or anything. Like, there are people who are far more ethically bound to what journalism used to be, not in the corporate media. These days in the corporate media, it tends to be the graduates from communications degrees who aren't smart enough or didn't get good enough grades to either work as a, you know, a PR consultant or work at a think tank they end up in the corporate press where they make like $40,000 a year and it's all about getting clicks. 
And really what they do is rewrite press releases. They rewrite other articles from sources like the Associated Press. So <clears throat> the Associated Press put this tweet out earlier. Now, this is apparent. They call it a style guide for their journalists, but it's so much more. Do not use derogatory terms such as insane, crazy, crazed, nuts, or deranged unless they are part of a quotation that is essential to the story. <laughs> Avoid using mental health terms to describe unrelated issues. Don't say that an awards show, for example, was schizophrenic. There's a reason that there's a problem with this kind of thing. English is a fine language. There's no need to rape it into non-existence. But maybe about five years ago, five, six years ago, something like that, I did a semester of uh, creative writing at university. It was I wasn't trying to get a degree or anything like that. Um, I was already doing some freelance writing at the time. I was already contributing articles to a couple of websites. And I wanted to just do a semester just to just to make sure that I wasn't behind in, you know, what the modern, you know, techniques are and what the modern language is used. And you know, I just wanted to make sure that I was on the level. Because at the at the time, that was my plan was to go into writing. But then eventually, you know, I started doing more and more podcasts. And as a time equation, you can get like 10 articles worth of material out in one single podcast. Article writing is so time consuming. So time consuming. It's very difficult to get your stuff out as well. So I just haven't done it for a few years. But at that, at that, that was my plan at the time. So I thought I'll do a semester of it. And there was a little bit of this going on then. Where, because here's the thing, people are going to say, it's just a style guide. Nobody's trying to police your language. That's not necessarily true because the way this works is what your professor or what your lecturer will say to you is, here's, um, you know, here's our preferred method of writing. Here, here are the things that you need to be conscious of. They won't even say preferred method. They'll say, here are the things that you need to be conscious of when submitting your, you know, submitting your report or submitting, um, your exam or whatever, you know, these, these kinds of little indiscretions that you need to tiptoe around and whatnot. And it, I've, I've always had a problem with, if I can say something with three words, why do I need to use 10? Right? If I can be descriptive in my life, like, right, good writing to me is succinct writing. It's getting to the point. You know, obviously grammar and spelling and stuff, obviously, rudimentary. But being able to get to the point where somebody else can't, that to me is always the sign of a good writer. So that's the way I would approach it. Now, they say that this is not policing language and stuff, but the reality is they say, look, we're not telling you what you can write. Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. This ain't Hillary. I, I'll get to the link later on. I don't know what that is. Um, thank you, Ben, by the way. So the reality is they say this is a style guide and we're not policing your language. But the inference is that, you know, the implication is if you don't follow the style guide, then you don't get published, right? 
If you don't follow their recommendations, you don't get good grades. If you don't follow their recommendations, you don't get the job. You don't get the marks. Let's see what Ben sent through here. To advance progress on a critically important, but I dare to say an often under-recognized topic, women's participation. <laughs> Says Hillary Clinton speaks at a Georgetown University webinar. That cannot be Hillary Clinton. <laughs> That's not Hillary. Is this for real? Reuters. This is from Reuters. Live. Streamed live six hours ago. Hillary Clinton speaks at a webinar. Are they saying that this is Hillary Clinton? That's not Hillary Clinton. No. It's, it doesn't even sound like her. To advance progress on a critically important, but I dare to say an often under-recognized topic. That's, that's, that cannot. Wow. How appropriate. I mean, I haven't even started to get into the show yet. The assault on your sanity. Look at this. This is clearly not Hillary Clinton. This is clearly not Hillary Clinton. Look, live. Hillary Clinton speaks at a Georgetown University webinar from Reuters. Comments are turned off, of course. Post-conflict governance, economic recovery. She doesn't even have the same accent. She doesn't even have the same accent as Hillary Clinton. Security sector reform and access to justice for women. The process also included identifying barriers are we going insane? <laughs> Is this a... <laughs> do, you, do you see what I'm saying now? F thanks, for the, thanks for the clip, Ben. Do you see what I'm saying now about the assault on your sanity? <laughs> I, think, I think they've just put a fake Hillary Clinton up and said, no, this is Hillary Clinton. Here she is when it's not her. Wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Hillary Clinton. I wonder, you know when they replace a character in a show, like in a series, and they... You know, it, it never gets addressed. You're supposed to just pretend like the new character, the new actor, is the same person. And, you know, it never works because clearly they're different people. I wonder, just, I wonder, just say that one day they say, look, Joe Biden's going to come out and make a speech. And if a guy who came out and spoke was clearly not Joe Biden, how far away are we from this happening? Because I don't. This is not Hillary Clinton. I don't care what. It's it's not. Her her mannerisms are different. Her accent is different. Her voice is different. Her eyes are different. It's a different fucking person.
BenK Veritas with a diamond 2020, peak 2020. Minister of Fun, give me the diamond. She needs adrenochrome stack. But imagine what would happen. How far away are we from people saying, look, and ladies and gentlemen, the next president of the United States, Joe Biden, and a guy walks out who isn't Joe Biden. How many people would just sit there and, and turn to you and say, what are you, some kind of conspiracy theorist? Of course it's Joe Biden. Don't be ridiculous. And I mean, this is the point of gaslighting, isn't it? To get you to the point where you question your own sanity, you just lie to somebody, lie to them, lie to them, lie to them, lie to them, lie to their face, put completely unrealistic things in front of them, tell them it's the truth until the person you're gaslighting starts questioning their own sanity and says, maybe I'm the one that's crazy here. I mean, how often do you, how often do you, you know, from day to day, say that to yourself. I know I've said it. Put your hand up if you've said to yourself, hang on, am I the, am I the fucking crazy one here? Am I the one that's going insane? <laughs> no, it's the children who are wrong. How many people have said that over the last four years? Unbelievable. Well, I mean, it, it fits perfectly with what we're talking about here. So they'll say, this is a style guide. We recommend that you don't use these particular terms. But of course, if you don't follow the style guide, then you're not going to get published. You won't get the good grades. You'll be kicked out of school for being, you know, a bigot and an oppressive moron and all of that kind of thing. But what I love about this is some of the replies here, because look how much, look how people are willing to buy in to the evisceration of the English language from the journalists themselves. Do you remember that article we covered maybe three months ago? I think it was about three months ago. The article we covered where journalists in newsrooms were boasting. You know, it wasn't a conspiracy or anything like that. They were boasting about the fact that they're now moving towards a more activist model in newsrooms. We're not talking about opinion journalists, right? Because the thinking by reporters now, like the new, they're saying the new generation of reporters feel they have a responsibility to be activists. And tradition, I'm quoting verbatim, not verbatim, I'm paraphrasing the story. But essentially, the journalists were saying, you know, these tired ideas of ethics in journalism need to be reformed. Because it's about standing up for equality and justice and racial justice. That's more important than reporting facts. They, are, they were openly telling you in the article. Facts come second. Facts come second to activism. And you know, it, it, when you see like, you know, these hacks, these pretend, these phonies, like, you know, Brian Stelter and Don Lemon and Joe Scarborough, when they cry and moan and mince about the attack on the free press, that, that, that's not what they're doing. They are not part of the free press. And they know it. It makes them sad. They go home and masturbate and cut themselves, knowing how dirty they are. They sit in a bathtub and scrub themselves with turpentine every single night. Because they know what they're doing is wrong. They know they've turned to the dark side. They know that they're taking a big, fat dump on the concept of the free press, but they don't care. 
So have a look at some of the responses to this. The top, the top response, the top response to this tweet where the Associated Press is saying, here's a list of words you cannot use if you write for us. Have a listen to this. Thank you for this. Addicted is another word casually thrown around, which is something those of us in recovery often struggle with. Imagine if you were to say something like, I'm addicted to tangy barbecue sauce. And then somebody in the room would pike up and say, um, I really don't think you should be using the term addicted because addicted is making a mockery of people who are struggling with recovery like myself. So I think you should be a little less insensitive. Who the fuck, who invited this guy to the barbecue? Who the fuck are you? (laughs) So now it's wrong to say uh, this, but oh man, you should have seen that game last night. Did you watch that ball game last night? Man, that shit was crazy. And now somebody in the back of the room pikes up. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. I really don't think that you should be using the term crazy. I mean, don't you think that that's diminishing the struggles of people? Nobody should be surprised by this. I remember hearing stories from people who went through university like, say, 15, 20 years ago. I remember hearing stories from people also like in the creative writing field. And when I said I took a semester of creative writing, it wasn't like, you know, gift cards and poetry and shit like that. It was um, creative writing in business. So it was like internal memos, press releases, uh, risk management writing, stuff like that. It was the more technical stuff. Poetry and shit I don't particularly care about. Creative writing encompasses more than just, you know, fucking poetry and blurbs. (laughs) So I remember people telling me, you know, 15, 20 years ago, and I didn't necessarily believe them, that already in the university system, in the writing fields, people were saying things like, you know, they were changing the definitions of things. Again, with these recommended style guides. So, for example, fascism fascism, right-wing extremism and fascism was designed as anybody who was anti-socialism. If you were anti-socialism, you were to be described as a fascist. That was in university 15, 20 years ago. And you wonder now, so the kids who went through university are probably now starting to get into management positions. They're starting to get into positions of influence. They're probably in their you know, late 30s, early 40s. So they're starting to get their their way up the corporate chain. They're starting to become, you know, maybe weekend news desk managers and stuff at these outlets. Now you don't have to wonder, you don't have to be confused why everybody's a fascist, right? You know, this person here, on Twitter. I think a lot of people misunderstand the purpose of the AP Stylebook. It is not to police your language. It is to ensure consistency among member organisations. (laughs) (laughs) Orwellian down to a T, right? I mean, I can do this kind of shit all day. 
I think you're misunderstanding the purpose of this guide. It's not to police your language. We're not policing your language. We're ensuring consistency among member organisations. Uh, and, and how do you ensure consistency, darling? By policing the fucking language, you dolt. <laughs> what are you, fucking nuts? Are you crazy? <laughs> I've told this story before, but we've got new people in the chat who maybe haven't heard it. The the epitome, like, I was working, I was driving, and I was like 19 or 20 at the time, and we have one of those tunnels in Sydney where you drive through. Other people have heard this story like half a dozen times, but it really sums up where we are in terms of the rape of the English language. I was driving through this tunnel in the middle of the night. I'm the only one on the road, and it's one of those fancy tunnels where uh, it'll send messages through the radio if there's some roadworks happening in the tunnel, right? <laughs> so I'm in this tunnel. And a message comes over the radio. Now, there were workers in the left-hand lane. Workers were in the left-hand lane. Now, if I were doing this, if I were working for this company and putting these messages on the radio, I would say something succinct and something easy to follow and something direct, like, there are workers in the left-hand lane, please merge right. Okay? Job done. Attention driver. There are workers in the left-hand lane. Please merge right. End of story, right? Too easy. Too easy. But that's not the message that came over the radio. And this is, this is when it all clicked into place for me. The message that came over the radio was something like, Attention driver. <laughs> Attention driver. Please observe tunnel signage to... <laughs> please observe tunnel signage to facilitate safe maintenance activities. I'm not lying. Using 10 words when you can use five. Attention driver, please observe tunnel signage to facilitate safe maintenance activities. This is what we're dealing with here. These people are too smart for their own good. They're using more words, but saying less, if you know what I mean. And now, because they're stripping words away, they're stripping the acceptable language out of the out of the art, out of the industry. They need to now come up with these rationalizations and these, like, like I said, a lot of people misunderstand the purpose of the AP style book. It is not to police your language. It is to ensure consistency among member uh, organizations. <laughs> Please observe tunnel signage to facilitate safe maintenance activities. Gad sad. This is insane and nuts. <laughs> I would like to adjust and add to my comment, calling people wild wouldn't be your best choice of words. This term can be, has been used to oppress people of colour and Indigenous peoples and their cultures. Use wisely. I love these I love these kinds of comments because this is the moment when people wake up, they come to that realization. Listen to this. I'm all for political correctness, but isn't this a bit much, especially for such commonly used words? How long before more common words start being considered offensive because someone just starts to think of them as such? You've missed the boat on that one, champ. We're a long way past that point. We've been stripping words out of the English language for over a decade now. 
and he gets replied to with this. No one is saying you can't use a screwdriver to drive a nail, but a smarter person would use a hammer. They think they're smart. Still I found my love next door. No one is telling you you have to use a certain word. Y- yes, they are. That's what's happening here. <laughs> do you see do you see how lies and lies have become truth now? They will sit there and openly tell you, nobody's telling you what words you can use under a tweet that is literally telling you what words you can use. You know, this is beyond dishonesty. These people have broken brains. They are, you know, if I can use an appropriate term, they are insane. These are crazy people. You know, it's a meme to say the, the inmates are running the asylum. That is what's happening now. So this person, no one is telling you you have to use a certain word, but being skilled at choosing language that helps you get what you want more often is a big sign of intelligence. But it's not, though. A sign of intelligence is being able to communicate something directly so it's easily understood with the minimal amount of confusion. That's intelligence. Saying, please observe tunnel signage to facilitate safe maintenance activities. Just because you're using more words and bigger words doesn't mean you're smarter. And again, when you when you tie it in with the article, you know, the story that we read on this show a few months ago, where journalists, reporters now think of themselves as activists first first and journalists second it it really should be no surprise to anyone and the people who say hey this has nothing this isn't a big deal they're not policing the language it's just a style book that's how this starts because then the style changes but they're forcing the style to change people like to say oh language evolves and it does but when you force it to evolve in certain ways that's not the same thing you're commanding the language at that point. <laughs> it's not about policing language. It's about ensuring consistency. <laughs> it's not about roadworks in the left-hand lane. It's about facilitating safe maintenance activities. Fuck these people. All right. More craziness, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, you know what? Let's do this. <clears throat> Uh, thank you for joining us. I've been on a show for a while called The Starting Block, and we have a we have a segment on The Starting Block called The Puppies and the Babies. So The Starting Block was like a, a legitimate sports radio show that I was a part of for about six years before we just gave up on the radio and started doing podcasts instead, and now we barely talk about sport. But when we did talk about sport, we had this segment called The Puppies and the Babies. <clears throat> and what it is basically is, Whenever a sports star gets into some kind of trouble, you know, like just say a footballer gets drunk and beats up a taxi driver or gets caught with cocaine and a hooker in a in a hotel room or something like that, what will generally happen is because the sports journalists are all in the pockets of the sports um, governing bodies, right? They need to suck up to the, the sports governing bodies in order to get the exclusives, in order to get the sources, in order to get the quotes, right? In order to get access. 
they're required to write promotional pieces about the sport itself. So it becomes in their interest to what kind of all of all of them cricket all of the good ones anyway cricket rugby league uh, baseball basketball the lot just general sports so it's in their interest to write fluffy pieces about the sports in order to you know give it good promo because if they don't give it good promo then their bosses their pseudo bosses at the sports themselves will stop giving them access right so what do you do a guy gets caught on the weekend getting drunk at a bar punching out a you know, punching out a fucking taxi driver. So you print a an article, you know, that weekend in the sports pages saying, like, just say his name's Joe Bloggs. Joe Bloggs loves his puppy. So he has a picture with him with a puppy. You know, Joe Bloggs' partner says that he's a wonderful father, shit like that. And you have a picture of the footballer holding his little baby and everyone goes, oh, he's a good guy. Leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> we all make mistakes. Sure, he took an eight ball of cocaine and, and beat up a hooker on the street in King's Cross, but hey, we all fuck up. I mean, look at him with his dog. What a beautiful little dog. He's such a nice guy. Look at him holding his baby there and his wife is smiling. I mean, look at this. How can you be angry at this? Why don't you just leave the guy alone? So that that's the puppies and the babies. We have now entered dangerous new territory, ladies and gentlemen. Because the puppies and the babies have has bled into the political realm now. Because now, after the election, and now everybody, all of the media outlets are trying to, well, you know, obviously, trying to, you know, create the reality that it's all over, it's all done, you need to give up, stop talking about it. Joe Biden's in, now comes the fluff pieces. Now it's all about telling you what a great fucking guy Joe Biden is. Sure, there might be some indiscretions with his son taking a crack pipe and having sex with potentially underage girls on film, or at least admiring his own penis. But really, look at him with this puppy. Look at the way he has... Look at his dogs. Aren't they fucking cute? You know, a bad guy couldn't have such cute dogs, right? So I present to you, ladies and gentlemen... The political puppies and the babies. Have a look at this. Once the Biden family takes office in January, not only will this be the first time in four years dogs will live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but one of the Biden family dogs will make history. <laughs> now, I need to be straight up and honest with you from the get-go. I am in no way anti the dog. That is a very patable doggo right there. But I was thinking about this last night when I was at work because I knew I was going to be playing this video today. Can anybody remember? <clears throat> and I'll, I'll take a vague description. Can anybody remember? What, we all know that Donald Trump didn't have dogs at the White House. Apparently, this makes him Hitler. Hitler loved dogs too, by the way. You know else who you know who else loved dogs? Hitler. <laughs> so we know that Trump didn't have dogs, but this is a fluff. This is a shameless fluff piece to say, like, what a great guy Joe Biden is. But can anybody in the chat press one in the chat if you can remember just one, just one Donald Trump fluff piece after the election? on any topic. Press one in the chat if you can remember <clears throat> one Donald Trump 
like, oh, look at him, like, enjoying himself, being relaxed. He's so affable. He's a nice guy. Press one in the chat if you can remember just one of those. Press two in the chat if you don't remember a single one. Just one. I'm looking for one. Something laid back and relaxed. Look at Donald Trump enjoying his afternoon in the sun. So, him him doing something normal, right? Just what? Just one story like that. Heisenberg presses one, but I, okay. So a vague description, please. That's what I asked for. I remember. <coughs> pardon me. I remember covering the Donald Trump um, inauguration speech. And you can probably still do it to this day. Just jump into Google and write Donald Trump inauguration dark and disturbing. And you will get at least half a dozen pages of all the different outlets. You know, AP, Reuters, uh, all of the major news outlets, all using the exact same terms to describe his inauguration speech. Donald Trump inauguration speech, dark and disturbing. Dark inauguration speech, disturbing to people. Yada, 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 yada. <laughs> golfing. <laughs> no, no there were, there, I don't remember any positive stories about Donald Trump playing golf. Come on now. <laughs> All of the stories about Donald Trump playing golf is like, oh my God, he's playing golf. He should be working. <laughs> Come on, come on. What, did, what do you think? What do you think? I was born yesterday? Come on. Let's be fair here. So, so Joe Biden, the puppies and the babies, the dogs are going to be celebrities. Isn't this great? Once the Biden family takes office in January, not only will this be the first time in four years dogs will live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but one of the Biden family dogs like will make history. Major the German Shepherd will be the very first rescue dog to live in the White House. <laughs> He's a rescue dog. You, you see, and this just proves that Joe Biden, you know, Joe Biden just has so much fucking empathy. He has got a heart the size of Far Labs. His heart is so big, it's breaking out of his chest. I mean, anybody who has a rescue dog couldn't be a bad person. Right. Not only is a dog going to be in the White House for the first time in four years, but it's also a rescue dog. Joe has a special relationship with his rescue dog. It proves that he's such an empathetic guy. <laughs> the corporate media fluff pieces, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Major became a part of the Biden family two years ago. Ah, and again, I have to strict. I have to point out strictly, I am not anti-doggo in any way, shape, or form. I would pat that dog until my hand cramped up. No, no doubt about it. <clears throat> but we are pointing out the absurdity. The complete and utter dumbed-down absurdity, the distilled madness of this. The predictability of it. The shameless, the shallowness of it. The transparency of it. This is exactly... <laughs> Heisenberg, I rescued a trans dog. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> the, the absurdity of this.
This is exactly what you do when a footballer gets caught with an eight ball of cocaine beating up a hooker in a hotel room. Hey, he's really not that bad of a guy. I mean, look at his dog. Delaware Humane Association. Uh At the time, the organization said Major was one of six pups who'd been exposed to something toxic at their home. Puppies in cages. (laughs) Why is he putting puppies in cages? Major is the Biden family's second floof after they welcomed Champ 10 years ago. Uh And in typical granddad joke style, Biden posted this video on Instagram with the caption, quote, no rough days on the trail when I have some major motivation. Oh, it it makes me feel dirty. (laughs) It's so bad. Cringe, boo. (laughs) No rough days on the campaign, Mr. President. (laughs) I mean, look at him with his dog. He's so natural. He's so natural. Nobody who owns dogs could be evil. <laughs> people people love this shit, though. It works. If it didn't work, they wouldn't do it. But people, there would be people who genuinely saw this little, you know, five-second video of this doggo, a, a lovely doggo, don't get me wrong, this doggo licking Joe's face and, and the dad joke line, oh, no rough days on the campaign trail. And there would be people who see that and go, oh, see, I knew he was a good guy. <laughs> It works because people are idiots. That's why. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, Joey B. He's just so fucking natural, isn't he? Granddad joke style. Biden posted this video on Instagram with the caption, quotes, no rough days on the trail when I have some major motivation. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye, Major. That's a reporter. I I couldn't agree more. Cabaret in the chat. That's a cute fucking dogger, though. It, it, it absolutely is a cute dogger. But that's the, that's the reporter. <laughs> hitting Joe with the hard... Getting Joe off guard with the hard-hitting questions. Thank you. You know, I'm a journalist. You know, when I was a little girl, I said to my mum, Mum, I want to be a journalist because I believe in getting truth to people. You know, we live in a system where the people in power retain their power by withholding truth from us. And I want to be part of the movement that turns a light into the on the darkness of politics. You know what I mean? I want to make politics accessible for the average person because I believe in truth. I believe in justice. This is my mission. This is my life's work. I'm in this because I believe in the truth. Thank you very much. Thank you. Congratulations, my major. Oh my God, I'm going to kill a little puppy. Ah! Oh my God, he's so cute. 
So I was saying to the prosecutor in the Ukraine, you know, some bitch, if you don't fire, if you don't fire this some bitch, I ain't gonna give you the billion dollar billion dollars. You know, we're gonna have the uh, international pressure on there. And if if you don't do what I say, then uh, you ain't getting that goddamn money. My plane's leaving in six hours. Yeah, yeah, that's great, Mister Biden. Can I pat your dog? Oh my God, what's his name? He's so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> oh boy. We are we are in for some fun, aren't we? The next few years, <laughs> just gonna be fair. I can't I can't fucking wait. With that, I I have I've barely even started tonight. I have at least three dozen tabs open, and we've covered two fucking things. So we're gonna take a quick five minute break on the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie, and when we return, I will shovel you deeper into the abyss and promote the rising insanity within your mind to take control and hopefully leave you gasping for air in the pit of hell of your own creation. So stick around. We'll be back after five right here on the Daily Boogie podcast. times using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later irrational times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level new songs and sketches every week so check it out Live.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. The world is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-will Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. 
You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons On our eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool On Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. All right, all right. This world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you for joining us on the Daily Boogie podcast. I see Toddles for President. I did get in touch with uh, the greatest link getter on the internet earlier today ladies and gentlemen kitty b who is an absolute superstar in the chats and i asked her has has toddles done anything since the election because remember we were covering toddles election run (laughs) toddles for president i still believe he can do it it's not too late we haven't counted all the votes yet toddles may become president and she said yes toddles has been very busy since the election so i do have some toddles stuff I don't know if I'm going to get... We may get to it tonight. I'm not sure. (laughs) Exactly. Toddles can still pull it off. (laughs) So we do have a Toddles update to get to at some point. It may be on Friday night. It may be on Friday night. 
So stick around. Well, stick around. Stick around for two and a half days <laughs> until we get to the Toddles update. All right. And by the way, Patreon, subscribe to the podcast, yada, yada, yada. You know all that stuff. So <clears throat> let's get back into it. Because like I said, the insanity is building, ladies and gentlemen. And our little island of, you know, rationality is getting smaller and smaller by the day. Do you ever get the feeling sometimes when you look around, when you're out in the world, when you're talking with people, interacting with people, do you ever get the feeling like the gap of basic knowledge is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger? Like, how many times do you have this experience where you're trying to talk to somebody just about, like, basic political news? And they have an opinion of something, but you don't, like, I used to get into a lot of arguments about politics and stuff with people, but I'm not I'm not angry anymore. I don't care anymore. I've given up now. It's over for me. <laughs> now I just kind of laugh about it all. But I used to get into arguments with people, but the amount of time that you need to put into them in order to get them to a baseline of understanding of just what's happening before you can even address the opinion that they have about what's happening, it's just too much. Have you ever had that feeling? Like the information gap is too large. It's too big. They, and if now if somebody has an opinion about something when their opinion shows in of itself that they clearly have no idea what's happening, they have no idea about the facts of the story that they're referring to, rather than try and say, well, that's not right. Well, no, you're being a little bit manipulative here. No, you haven't really got the right information here, blah, 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 blah. Now I just say, oh, that's nice. That's good, you know. And I get on with my time because I've realized in my nearly 38 years on this planet, people people won't change their opinion unless they want to. You know, if somebody wants to have their, their opinion changed, if somebody wants to have a new understanding of a topic, they will come to you. They will ask you, hey, what's the story with this? What's going on with this? But if you go to them, they're only going to put up barriers, right? It just doesn't work. People will only change their mind if they want to. Kitty B, if they have a, ped a pedophile president, I'd rather it be Todd than Joe, because Todd would accept the rejection form the child from the child and go cry. <laughs> Savage. So, there is a big information gap in society. But I do want to address one aspect of it today with this next story, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on the Daily Boogie. Millions of women don't know where their own vagina is located. Just going to let that one settle in. i take a sip of beer. Millions of women do not know where their own vagina is. <laughs> Talk about the information gap. <laughs> now, I'll be honest here. If we were talking about millions of men don't know where the clitoris is, understandable. Understandable. That's long been a source of humour in the male community. Where is the clitoris? I have no idea. But imagine not being able to find the clitoris and then asking your partner at that moment, 
hey, hey, baby, you know, you know, put put my finger on your clit. And she's like, clit? I don't even know where my cunt is. <laughs> I can't help you find the clitoris, dear. I think maybe is, is my vagina somewhere like behind my ear or something? I don't know. <laughs> I can't help you. Check under the hood, says Lou the good dude. The vagina is on the middle of the belly, right? Yeah, I think that's all right. I think that's the one. Ladies, it might be time to take a long, hard look in the mirror and ask, what is that? An estimated one quarter of US women do not know where their vagina is. <laughs> According to a new poll conducted by one poll, which found that 46% of ladies couldn't point out the cervix and 59% suggested a different body part when asked to identify the uterus. Why why are we why are we allowing them to vote? Genuine question. That should be the first. That should be the first test. When you go to register for a political party, when you go to sign up to make your vote count. Okay, before we hand you this ballot, can you please point to your vagina? If they point to anything other than the vagina, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to vote today. Please try again in four years. You've got a long time to study. If you can't identify your own vagina, we don't want you participating in democracy. I think that's a fair rule. Only one in ten women passed the anatomy quiz, asking them to name all the parts of the female reproductive diagram. Intimate, the Swedish women's health company that commissioned the study, included responses from 2,000 women. A spokeswoman, a spokesperson, spokesperson said the brand hoped to reveal a critical gap in American education. The fact that nearly one in four women in the survey misidentified the vagina. (laughs) Can't believe this is a story. And 46% could not correctly identify the cervix shows we need to keep educating the public about how the reproductive system, its monthly processes and hormonal changes can impact a woman's life. I mean, if you can't find the vagina, how impact, how much of an impact can it have in your life in the first place, really? If you don't even know where it is. One poll asked women to describe the menstrual cycle and found that many were confounded by the process. Some described periods as a detoxification, like a periodical body reset button or something that, quote, got rid of bacteria. (laughs) It's a cleaning system. A quarter of the responses describe periods more approximately as the process a woman's body goes through to shed excess blood. However, 63% of women more accurately explain that the body is shedding its uterus lining. Menopause was not understood well either, with 13% defining menopause as a term to describe a missed period. I've, I've had a missed period for 35 years. While 10% figured it had something to do with turning 40, it had something to do with turning 40. <laughs> Lady of Diamonds Gypsy in the chat. I'm fat and can find mine. <laughs> 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 I 
You just you just spray talcum powder all over her and look for the wet patch. That's what I've been told. Women are, were divided on whom to blame for their poor understanding. They, they blame who? What? <laughs> it's not my fault. I don't know where my own vagina is. This is this is 2020. This is peak 2020 right here. This 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 paragraph describes 2020 more perfectly than any other paragraph I have seen written in any article and it's not even about politics. Quote, women were divided on whom to blame for their poor understanding of their own bodies. 36% said their teachers failed, 28% resented their parents and 27% called for better public education standards. <laughs> I can't find my own vagina. It's my teacher's fault. So I great. So what? Should we should have the teacher go around in class and point out your own vagina to you. Will that help? Will that make it easier? Okay, girls, off with those pants. We're going to find the vaginas. <laughs> Where's your pussy? My dad sucks. <laughs> oh, boy. Utterly, utterly brilliant. Just to further attack your sanity today, ladies and gentlemen, I found this story very cute. Your evening briefing. Republicans ramp up bid to undo election. Quote, this is from Bloomberg, by the way. Quote, for perhaps the first time in American history, a coordinated effort to taint or even overturn a presidential election may be underway. The first time in American history. Remember how we said on Monday's show that they were going to pretend like the last four years never happened? Remember that? In fact, after every election, they pretended that the previous four years or eight years never happened. You know, when Donald Trump won in 2016, they pretended like the previous eight years of the Obama administration didn't happen. You know, when people, when it was quite obvious that people, like, say, in the Blue Wall states, were concerned about things like, you know, basic employment, industrial work going overseas. Uh, not having access to that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. You know, wages not growing, right? No uh, job availability in some of these small towns which are slowly dying, right? Those were all issues at the end of Obama's presidency. But when Donald Trump won the election the very next day, that disappeared. No, 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 that didn't happen. What happened is everybody woke up that day and was racist. That's why they voted for it. But what about the previous eight years? You know, the IRS and the jobs going overseas and all that. Kind of, no, 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 no. That didn't happen. It was just racism. Well, 2020 rolls around and now we're doing it again. Again, this quote. For perhaps the first time in American history, a coordinated effort to taint or even overturn a presidential election may be underway. <laughs> Literally what they have spent the last four years doing. Every single day. Russia, 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 and so on and so forth. No, no, that's that's never happened. 
This is how this is how you assault people's sanity. Like this. You just openly lie directly to their face. All right. Let's check in with Van Jones, ladies and gentlemen. I've got two little clips here for you. The first one I'm going to show you, and I need to preface this conversation by saying, like on Monday, I said, I actually, I did have, up until maybe three days ago, I did have a lot of respect for Van Jones. I thought he was a very savvy, smart political operator who knew the right time to say the right thing. I thought he's probably one of the better ones. <clears throat> and, you know, he he knew, he he knew that you can't just be 100% anti-Trump all the time and retain credibility. So he had the ability to compliment Donald Trump in a political way that was safe to do so in order to position himself as like the reasonable Democrat, right? He's a very smart guy like that. So I had a lot of respect for him. But all of that respect went, you know, crashing down the toilet just a few days ago. But the first clip I'm going to show you here is on election night itself, all right? This is on election night. I think a lot of Democrats are hurt tonight. I think there's a lot of hurt out there. Um, there's a moral victory and there's a political victory. They're not, the same, they're not the same thing. The political victory still may come. But I think for people who saw babies being snatched away from their mothers at the border, uh, for people who are sending their kids into schools where the N-word is now being used against them, uh, for people who have seen this... What? What? Where? Show me one. <laughs> what, the teachers are up there? Okay, listen up, you little nigger. <laughs> that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Come on, Van. Come on, Van. Come on, Van. This wave of intolerance. A wave uh, of intolerance. They wanted a moral victory tonight. It's a wave of intolerance. They wanted a moral victory. Uh, we wanted to see a repudiation of this direction for the country. And the fact that it's this close, I think... Uh, it's hurt. It hurts. It just hurts. <laughs> Even when they're winning, they still fucking moan. Again, we covered this on Monday. Even when they're winning, they're still moaning about it. Maureen in the chat, what's he talking about? He's doing the Democrat thing, whereby winning isn't good enough. It's not good enough to win the count. The, they're, they're upset and they're disturbed by the fact that so many people don't agree with them. See, I, I, maybe I'm the only one here, but I don't expect everybody else to agree with me. They do. See, it's an inversion. If a whole bunch of people don't agree with their policy, like, people come at things in different ways. If I give a policy platform and a whole bunch of people don't agree with it, I will at some point, you know, use a little bit of self-reflection and say, hmm, maybe I could get this right. What am I missing here? Like, why don't people like this policy? What have I got? How have I got this wrong? Why isn't this appealing to more people? But they don't view the world that way. The Van Joneses and the other, you know, Democrat activists of the world, by and large, do not view you in those terms. They don't give you that credit. For them, when a whole bunch of people disagree with what they believe in, it's because there's something wrong with the people. The system has the system has poisoned all of these people to not agree with us. 
because underlying all of the f- the fragility, right? Underlying all of the victim stuff and the crying, which we're going to get to, it's it's kind of like the opposite of false bravado. Because underlying all of the victim, you know, uh, mentality, it's actually an impenetrable, you know, vision of oneself, if that makes sense. It's an indestructible vision of one's moral compass and one's moral standing. The victim, the victim narrative kind of bubbles along on the surface, but if you scratch beneath the surface just a little bit, it actually comes from a place of they can't believe that everybody doesn't see the world the same way they do. That's what hurts them. Uh, I think people got, people got their hopes up looking at those polls. Um, the political victory, I think, is still possible because you still have Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, Nebraska, too. The political victory may yet come. Mm-hmm. But I think I have to be honest tonight that I think people who uh, there, there were people who were hoping for a big repudiation. And that has not yet come. And a lot of people are hurt and scared tonight in Democratic Party. Senator, a lot of pe- so even though they were in front, did you hear that line? A lot of people are hurt and scared tonight in the Democrat Party. Hurt and scared. It gets even better because I was, I've been watching, you know, the Democrat, like the Democrat twos and fros, because what's happening now, right? Joe Biden, right? People, Democrats are going to say this is bullshit, but I don't care because they're, they're not being honest. Joe Biden doesn't command the same kind of respect that a Donald Trump does. And it's obvious in the fact of what's happening now just beneath the surface of Joe Biden. If you look at what's happening in the Democrat Party now, they are tearing each other apart for power. The progressives are now fighting with the moderates and the moderates are fighting with the progressives. They're all jockeying for position now because Joe Biden himself is... Joe Biden represents a power vacuum and they all fucking know it. And they're going to give you, like, the fluff pieces. They're going to say, oh, look at Joe Biden. He's going to be tough on China. If Joe Biden was as tough a leader as they are trying to say, then there would be no backbiting in the party. But that's not happening. Right now, you have the the various factions in the Democrats all trying to tear each other apart because they all want control of the party. If Joe Biden was the big swinging dick in the Democrats, that wouldn't be happening. He would walk in there and say... Hey, fat. Hey, fat. Knock it off. Knock it off. I say what I'm the leader of this fucking party and I say what goes. Get back in your fucking corner and do what I tell you. But he's not doing that. He's being led around. He's being told where to go. He's patting his dog. He's got no fucking idea which city he's in half the time. He's introducing his granddaughter as his dead son. He is a power vacuum. He's a power black hole. And they all know it. They can smell it. They can sniff it. Politicians are many things, but one of them is not. They they do not lack the ability to sniff an opportunity, right? And when there's an opportunity there to, you know, get a little bit more territory or get a little bit more clout or get a little bit more influence, they will step over their own mothers to do it because they are the most driven 
you know, egotistical, narcissistic people on planet Earth. That's why they pursue power in the first place. Exactly, Foggy in the chat. They're fucking vultures. Perfect. So now they're all taking their shots and they're tearing each other down. Uh, you know, we've got to get rid of Pelosi. Pelosi saying we've got to put the, you know, we've got to put the far left in check. They don't know what they're doing. They're, it's been a week and they're already tearing their party apart at the seams, trying to bid for clout. So let's move on from Van Jones election night to Van Jones, I think, two days later. Remember, he said a lot of people are hurt and scared in the Democratic Party right now. <laughs> when, when are we going to get to this moment in time when people no longer care about somebody telling them how hurt and scared they are? I think it's, it's got to be close. I thought we would have seen it in the previous four years, but that didn't happen. No, they doubled down. And in their mind, it's justified now. In their mind, the violence and the looting and the rioting and the crying and the screaming and the wailing and the hysterical, the hysterical behavior, right? To them, it's justified now. Because to them, it worked. So it's not going to stop. I thought we would have seen, I thought we were at a place, you know, in 2016, 2017 or thereabouts when the majority of society, you know, upwards of 60, 70%, Republican or Democrat had had just about enough. And I thought that they were in a place where they were ready to say, you know what, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about you anymore. Shut up. You've gone too far for too long. Shut the fuck up. But that didn't happen. Instead, we went the other way. We went further. So it's a bit of an acceleration kind of equation, isn't it? How much more crying and moaning and bitching are people prepared to take? I don't know the answer to it. I don't know if it does end. But a couple of days after the results, you know, a, a couple of days later, maybe five, six days later, when CNN and Fox News and others started projecting Joe Biden is the president, this is what happened. And like I said, I had a lot of respect for Van Jones. I really, and that's not a lie. I'm not, you know, being facetious in any way, shape or form. You can go back and listen to previous podcasts where I've praised Van Jones as one of the better ones. Not because I don't agree with anything he says politically, but I like the way he went about it. I like the way I had respect for the way that he positioned himself, right? And <laughs> not anymore. Come on. Ugh. What, I don't get to see the video today? What is this? What is this malarkey? Why isn't this video working? Am I am I not allowed to see this clip? What the fuck is this? Why won't you load for me? Oh my god. What the hell is this? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Let's try it a different way then. Wow. Have they taken this clip down? YouTube is down. YouTube is down. Wow. What timing. <laughs> Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with a diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? 
Look at that, we can't play the Van Jones crying clip. Well, fuck me flying. YouTube, you suck. You suck, YouTube. Uh, by the way... Oh, now, now my internet's going crazy on all kinds of levels now. By the way, puresocialnetwork.com. <laughs> no, yeah, everyone's like, yep, no, no YouTube videos, no YouTube videos. Yeah, the pages are working fine, but the YouTube videos, they're not playing. So it's very strange, very, very strange stuff. Uh, let me try a different one here. I've got one that's a little bit preloaded. How about that? Um, okay, I don't, I don't remember why I had this in the rundown. Maybe we'll be able to get back to the Van Jones one because I did want to play it. I don't remember why I had this in the rundown, but I have it buffered a little bit. So let's see what this is about. No. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> None of them are going to play. That's all right. We'll do something else instead. What have we got here? Okay, somebody was talking about AOC. Since I was talking about, you know, these the progressives and the moderates are all fighting each other for positions now, have a listen to this. Let's have a look at AOC. She gave a little interview here. This is on Now This News. AOC explains the role she'd like to see for progressives. It's not saying that every member can, has to campaign uh, as a progressive in a traditional progressive way, but it's to say that we have assets to offer the party um, that the party has not yet, you know, fully leaned into or exploited. And <laughs> I'm a bit of an election nerd, so I can tell you uh, I haven't I haven't dug into the numbers of 2020 yet because it's still a little bit too soon. It's a little bit too raw. But here's what happened in 2018, right, in the midterms. AOC is from a very, very, very blue district. So the, the reality is the very progressive um, policy platforms only work in districts where there really is, aren't, where there really are no, you know, competitors, right? It only works in very, very, very deep blue districts. In 2018, around 70, I think it was like 72 or 73 candidates, around, let's call it 70, just to be safe. There was around 70 candidates in 2018 who ran on very progressive platforms for the Democrat Party. Like we're talking Green New Deal, defund the police, open borders, that kind of thing. Guess how many of them won? Guess how many of them won? I'll give you a, I'll give you a guess. Out of 70 candidates all across the United States who ran on extreme, like, sort of uh, progressive platforms, I, throw a number out there. Tell me how many of them won. I know the answer. Let's see. Let's see who wins 10 internets today. Amberlina saying all of them. Oh, thank you, Jim Enward. I'll grab that. Thank you very much. Four, five, seven, three. Ten, seventeen. Right? The answer is four. 
AOC, Rashida Tlaib. Um, it looks, whoa, I've got the YouTube clip back. I think YouTube might be back up. AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, and the other one. I can't remember her name. The one with the baldy head. <laughs> uh, Ayanna Presley, four. So remember in the corporate press in 2018 how they were telling you, yes, Maureen wins 10 internets. Remember how in the corporate press they were telling you that this is a revolution for progressive women, right? This is a revolution. The country has endorsed the progressive platform. It's time for progressives to take a stand and take control of the Democrat Party. Remember all of that stuff? It was utter claptrap. It was completely false. It was complete lies. Because I was covering the uh, the midterm races on Trust and Verify, and I was trying to explain to you know Republicans in the audience, hey, you need to pay attention to what the Democrats are doing here. If you look at all of these Republican districts that are on tight margins, they're running candidates who are, Man, say, your thoughts? Oh, oh, here we go. <coughs> hey, here we um... go. Here we go. Here we go. We got him back. So, so I'll just finish this thought, and then we'll go back to Van. So... The Democrats were running candidates in these districts who were local business leaders, right? People, small business owners, union members. They were running military, you know, veterans in districts against Republicans. Republicans who had held the seat since maybe, say, like 2008 or 2010. And I said, you look, look at all of these seats. There's about, you know, 50 of them. They're running very very Republican light candidates on Republican light platforms. Most of those people won. And we're talking about like in the suburbs and shit. Most of them won. Why? Because they weren't running on progressive platforms. The candidates who won on progressive platforms, all of them fucking lost. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure Ilan Omar ran on, I'm pretty sure she ran unopposed, if I'm not mistaken. So that doesn't count as winning. If you're not running against somebody and you just have it, you have the seat given to you, that's that doesn't count as winning. That's default. So none of them won. Because outside of very, very, very deep blue districts, progressive policies are fucking cancer and they know it. But look, look at the way they're tearing themselves apart now. Oh, we need to we need to be more progressive. We need to lean into progressivism. That will destroy them. And I believe that we can take some of these seats. You know, I think Katie Porter is an amazing example. Michael Levin. Um, there are swing seats. Every single swing seat member that co-sponsored Medicare for All won their re-election. Right. And so the conversation's a little bit deeper than that, than, than just saying, you know, anything progressive is toxic and a losing message. Well, it is. Ask yourself, though, why does, when was AOC elected? In 2018? That's when she won, right? 2018. People say she's dumb, but she's definitely not dumb. She's definitely not dumb. Her political opinions are ridiculous. But when people tell me she's dumb, the, the, the thing I tell them is, okay, if she's so dumb, how can it possibly be that a first-term congresswoman from New York, how how is it possible that she's more well-known to me than 90% of the other congressmen? There is absolutely no reason why a first-term congresswoman should be known in other countries. She is now an international brand. 
she has tremendous clout. She's incredibly smart at putting herself in the conversation. <laughs> Static Void, I bet she looks good naked. I really don't get the um, AOC. She just doesn't do it for me. Maybe she's not my type. I don't know. I don't find her attractive. If I could just be shallow for a moment, I, I don't find her. I never, I've never looked at AOC and gone, hmm, yeah, not once. I don't think she's ugly, but I don't think she's good looking either. She's just, I, I'm, I'm indifferent to her looks. Does nothing for me. But she's an international brand now. She should not be known outside of her own district, yet she is. She's known inter internationally. All right, let's get back to Van here. Let's pick up where we left off. So a few days after the vote, ladies and gentlemen, Van Jones. Take it away, Van. Van, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> it's, um... <laughs> well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. <laughs> no, it isn't. The rationale of what he says here, I I was like, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, you can't be serious. He he's serious. He means it. It's easier. It's easier to tell your kids character matters. It matters. Wow. Telling the truth matters. No, it doesn't. Being a good person matters. Nope. Nope. And it's easier for a whole lot of people. Iceman double four double three. Follow Iceman by the way. DLive.tv slash Iceman double four double three. He must have cared all that week. <laughs> if you're Muslim in this country, you, you, you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. Oh if my god. You don't have to worry if the president's gonna be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers. Wow. The hysteria. If, if you're a Muslim in this country, you don't have to worry about whether the president wants you here. I've got news for you, Van. Depending on what kind of um, you know political opinions you have, you have or have had in the past, many of us in this chat room right now are well accustomed to politicians saying they don't want us here. How about the mayor of fucking Portland just last year, earlier this year, six months ago, right? If you support Donald Trump, get the hell out of our city. We do not want you here. You could have lived there your whole fucking life. Do we cry about it? Fucking grow. How about this? Grow up. Get over it. don't belong back for no reason this is vindication for a lot of people who have really suffered you know the, the i can't breathe you know that wasn't just george floyd that was a lot of people that felt that they couldn't breathe every day you're waking it's feelings. up you're getting these 
tweets and you just don't know, and you're going to the store, and, and people who have been afraid to show their racism are getting nastier and nastier to you, and you're worried about your kids, Fuck and you're worried about your sister. And, and can she just go to Walmart and, and get back into the, her car without somebody saying something to her? It's such bullshit. It is such bullshit. It's feelings. Where, where's the, where's the, I remember we, cause I just played the clip a little earlier. Look at him on election night. Look at the difference here. So this is election night. Listen to it on election night and then we're going to play it again. I'll show you why this is bullshit. I think a lot of Democrats are hurt tonight. I think there's a lot of hurt out there. Um, there's a moral victory and there's a political victory. They're not the same. They're not the same thing. They're not the, the same thing. Victory still may come. The political victory may come, but this is not a moral victory, right? Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. Feelings! Whoa! Feelings! I think for people who saw babies being snatched away from their mothers at the border. Yep. Okay. Uh, for people who are sending their this kids This is election night, remember. Where the N-word is now being used against them. Uh, for people who have seen this wave of intolerance. Uh-huh. Uh, they wanted a moral victory tonight. Yep. We wanted to see a repudiation of this direction for the country. And right? I spend double four, double three with a diamond. The crying game. Is he really a woman? And the fact that it's this close, I think, uh, is hurt. Is it hurts? It, it just hurts. hurts. Uh, it hurts. I think people got people got their hopes up. Yeah. Looking at those polls. Yeah. Um, the political victory, I think, is still possible because you still... So the political victory is still possible, but the moral victory isn't happening. There's no repudiation. People are hurt and scared, okay? This is what happened after the political victory came. So it's still not a moral victory, right? This is purely the political victory that he was talking about just a couple of... 48 hours earlier. If you're Muslim in this country, you, you, you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry. Two days later. Be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers back for no reason. See, if, if it's a political victory, why aren't they talking about policies? There's no policies. Right? It's you can feel better. You, you don't have to feel like you're under threat. You don't have to feel like you're in trouble. You don't have to feel unsafe. You don't have to feel, 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 feel. You don't have to feel bad. You don't have to feel like you're under attack. You can feel good again. You can feel safe again. Nothing tangible, nothing real. And I'll just say to Van, okay, who is responsible for these feelings? How could we possibly get to a point where so many people apparently feel, feel as though they are being threatened every day just by who the president... Who's responsible for that perception of reality becoming mainstreamed? Who, 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 has, who has fomented this feeling in society? The race-baiting the accusations, the slander. I mean, I, 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 don't want to, I don't want to remind you, Van, but when there were riots, they were also throwing bricks through CNN's fucking window. Why would that be the case? Why would that be the case? 
Where did it come from? Vindication for a lot of people. I tell you what, let's make you feel better. How about this van? This will make Van feel better. Look, there's no need to feel sad anymore. Look at Joe Biden patting his dog. Ah, look at that. Look at that. You know, you know, for the last four years, people have been going through a lot, Anderson. And this country, a lot of people, this was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a vote against black America. And now there's a lot of people out there who they could feel safe now. You know, they can go to the store. And people who have been, you know, hiding their racism for so long have just been getting so nasty. They've been so nasty for the last four years. And now you could say to your children that character matters. You could say to your children that truth matters. And you no longer have to feel afraid. Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond gypsy? Dial 1-900-RENT-A-DOG. That's 1-900-RENT-A-DOGS. <laughs> you don't have to feel bad anymore. Joe Biden has a puppy. Once the Biden family takes office in January, not only will this be the first time in four years dogs will live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but one of the Biden family dogs will make history. Major the German Shepherd will be the very first rescue dog to live Everything's going to be okay, guys. Major became a part of the Biden Everything's going to be just fine. from the Delaware Humane Association. Look at that. At the time, the organization said Major was one of six pups who'd been exposed to something toxic He's not. He doesn't want to see dogs in cages. He's a rescue dog. He rescues dogs because he rescues America. And in typical granddad joke style, granddad Biden joke. posted this video on Instagram oh, with the caption look, it's so quotes, natural. No rough days on the trail when I have some major motivation. Oh, it's so in-depth and hard-hitting. And, and you know what? You know, the thing I like most about Joe Biden is not only is he principled and honest and not racist, the thing I like about Joe Biden is he makes me feel so much safer. You know, he just makes me feel safe. <laughs> you know, I've been walking around for the last four years thinking that this country is incredibly divided. I've been walking around this last four years thinking that there have been, you know, lynchings on every corner and it's been very unsafe for the black community. You know, people would protest peacefully and the president would push misinformation and say that these protests were actually riots. I mean, it's very unfair. So, you know, what I really like about Joe Biden, he's going to save us from the coronavirus. And he's so honest and trustworthy. And he loves his dogs. Did you see the dog, the video of the dog licking his face? I mean, he just makes me feel so at ease. He makes me feel so much safer. That's why I love him. I love him. He's so good. He's so good to us. He's so good. He loves us. He's going to protect us. He's going to make us feel so good. 
have really suffered. 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 You know, the, the, I can't breathe. You know, that wasn't just George Floyd. That was, was a everywhere. lot of people. There was a lot of them. They couldn't breathe. Couldn't breathe. Every day you're waking up and you're getting these tweets and you just don't know and you're going to the store. Every day you're waking up and you're getting these tweets and you just don't know and you're going to the store. Okay. <laughs> really? Oh, that's dynamite. And, and people who have been afraid to show their racism yeah. are getting nastier and nastier to you. So you're worried nasty. about your kids. So nasty. You're, you're worried about, about everything. Sister. Everybody's worried. And, yep. and can she just go to Walmart and, and get back into the, her car without somebody saying something to her? And, 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 and you spent so much Ah, oh, that's better. Once the Biden family takes office that's in January, better. not only will this be the first time in four years dogs will live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but one of the Biden family dogs will make history. Major the German Shepherd will be the very first rescue. First time in four years dogs will live at 1600 Pennsylvania. <laughs> and, and being a good man matters. Good man matters. I, you know, I just want my son to, to look at this. Look at this. You know, it's easy to, to, to do it the, the cheap way and, 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 and get away with stuff. But it, comes <laughs> back it comes back around. And it's a good day for this country. I, I'm sorry for the people who lost. Yeah, I bet. I, for them, it's not a good What, the people that you just said are ra nasty racists in the stores? <laughs> the, the people that you just said are nasty, nasty racists in the stores who want to lock children in cages and all that stuff, you feel sorry for them now. He's just filled with the milk of human kindness, this chap, isn't he? I mean, don't feel bad. He's a doggo. But for a whole lot of people, it's a good day. Or? You know, I, and as long as I've been covered. There you go. All right. <laughs> With that, ladies and gentlemen, that I did have some coronavirus stuff. We're going to have to save it for Friday. I mean, just here's a little teaser for you. How about this? <laughs> I saw this earlier. Biden COVID advisor says U.S. lockdown of four to six weeks could control pandemic and revive economy. The assault on your sanity continues. Wait, so by shutting down all of our businesses, by sending me home, by not letting me go anywhere, by making sure that I can't earn money, you're going to save the economy? <laughs> wow. That sounds all right, doesn't it? How about that? Uh, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not in favor of uh, uh, locking things down as you have a pressure. It's not what we're about. We gotta. Do, we gotta kill the virus. We gotta defeat the virus by defeating Donald Trump. See, this is what you get. I'm sorry, Democrats in the audience, if you're listening. This is what you get when you have a candidate who literally has no policies. This is this is what you get when you this is what you get when you just have slogans and no actual tangible policies and this is what you have when you have a media that refuses to push on any policies. The only policies he had were the ones that he said that he didn't have like fracking. But he had no he he just kept saying we have a plan. We have a plan and they'd say okay Joe what's your plan for coronavirus? Oh, well our, our plan for coronavirus is to uh work with the scientific community that that doesn't mean anything 
our plan for the coronavirus is uh, we're going to trust the science and uh, uh, we're going to come together and we're going to be safe and we're going to protect people and we're going to build the economy. Okay, and, and what does that mean? Can you go into any detail? Hey, shut up, fat. What are you, some kind of chump? <laughs> this is what you get. Biden COVID advisor says US lockdown of four to six weeks could control the pandemic and revive economy, which is complete and utter bullshit anyway. I'm sorry, I've got news for you. Uh, one of the states in my country, Australia, has just been under lockdown for three fucking months and they're still saying they haven't controlled it. We're now, we are now over nine months into this fucking affair. We are nine months into this menagerie, right? If you believe because, you know, you trust the science. If you believe a science advisor, just because it's Joe Biden and you feel like you have to agree with everything Joe Biden says because you hate Trump, that's fine. That's your fucking choice. But if you are now dumb enough to think that an advisor can come out and say, hey, if we just lock down for another six weeks, then everything will be fixed. You, my friend, are dumber than dog shit. Exactly. Just two more weeks. Just one more month. Just six more weeks. After nine months of this, if you think just four more weeks or six more weeks is going to save you, I've got a harbour bridge to sell you. You don't know shit from shoe polish. But hey, maybe that's a little too depressing. I don't, I don't want to depress you. Here you go. Here, Biden supporters, I'll make it all better for you. Once the Biden family takes office in January, not only will this be the first time in four years dogs will live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, yep. but one of the Biden family dogs will make history. It's so... Ah. It, ah. Oh. Oh. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay, guys. Don't worry about it. Shut down four to six weeks. Did you see the, the new Biden transition team members? They're all uh, executives from major corporations like Uber, uh, Amazon, all, all of the major corporations, the, the arms manufacturers. <laughs> Follow Q with the diamond. Shout out to good friend watching Jimmy. Shout out to Jimmy. Everyone press say hi to Jimmy in the chat. Everyone say hi to Jimmy. So shout out, <laughs> Krabby Rara in the chat on YouTube says your stream not working. Maybe my stream was taken down. Now, If maybe it was taken down because if I say that four to six weeks is not going to control the virus, maybe they'll say that's misinformation now after nine months of this. <laughs> this is all about insulting. This is all about assaulting your insanity, isn't it? So... Here's here's a scenario for you. Last week you would have been taken off YouTube. Thank, thank you for coming. I see you in here. Oh, thank you for joining us, Mr. President. President Joe Biden joining us in the chat. That's a very nice doggo you've got there, sir. Thank you for joining us, sir. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Mr. President. <laughs> By the way, tell Hunter to call me because I want to party. But thank you for joining us, sir. So here, how's this for a scenario? Last week you would have been taken off YouTube, or at least you know had uh, some kind of some kind of disclaimer put on your video if you said that in a month this will all be over, right? 
They would have said, this is misinformation. But now if one of the Biden advisors comes out and says, in a month it's going to be over, and you say, well, that's bullshit, now they're going to censor that. (laughs) If you're laughing now, don't, because that's what will happen. They say trust the science, but what that really means is whatever Joe Biden says is true is true and everything else is false because we trust the science. And you don't, you science denier. Get ready for that. So when Joe Biden says, you know what, just six more weeks of lockdown, let's lock down the whole country for six weeks and that'll be the end of it. And you'll say, we've been trying that for nine months and it really hasn't fixed anything now, has it? They'll say, stop spreading misinformation, you denier. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm very much looking forward to it. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. I'll be back on Friday night with another episode. Until then... Uh, be sure to follow all of our friends, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Rational Times, everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh, the newly found cart converted. Uh, also, Luis Ropez with Way Dave. Don't forget Sunday Night Shit Show, Joy of Pessy, Winning TV, Why Censored Kimmy, Mr. America, The Beard of Truth, UK Neil, Iceman Double Four Double Three, At Real Person, PLTCS, uh, JJ Stoner, of course. Who else have we got? The Victor Show, Victor Von Schroom. Don't forget Char Money, ladies and gentlemen. And anyone else I may have forgotten. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on DLive. Thank you once again to Pure Social TV for inviting me to live stream on your platform. Thank you very much. And by the way, puresocialnetwork.com. If you want to support an up-and-comer in the social media space, help provide a little bit of competition because it's very hard to get a new a new platform up and running and people need all the help they can get, especially when they're as nice as the guys who run Pure Social Network. So check it out, puresocialnetwork.com and you can find me on there by looking for Boogie Bumper. Uh, Until Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Stay calm, stay rational. God bless and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Biden family takes office in January. Not only will this be the first time in four years dogs will live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but one of the Biden family dogs will make history. Major the German Shepherd will be the very first rescue dog to live in the White House. Major became a part of the Biden family two years ago. He came from the Delaware Humane Association. At the time, the organization said Major was one of six pups who'd been exposed to something toxic at their home. Major is the Biden family's second floof after they welcomed Champ 10 years ago. And in typical granddad joke style, Biden posted this video on Instagram with the caption, quotes, no rough days on the trail when I have some major motivation.